Hello, and welcome to another episode of the How to Scale a Business podcast. My name is Hector Santi Esteban, and I am your host for today. We're here with Ali Tagahani, and we're going to talk about scaling. We're going to talk about automation, maybe some AI. But Ali has built a global recruiting company. And what I love about what he's done is it's a foundational entrepreneurial story of hitting walls after walls and figuring it out. And now his team is over 40 people. And they're doing some really cool things. So Ali, welcome to the show, man. Hector, thanks a lot for having me, man. I'm, I'm excited. So fill in the gaps. I'm sure that the story is something that's way longer than we can fit into an episode, but fill in the gaps on what you think is important and maybe catch us up on some of the milestones that you think were critical along that journey. Yeah, man, 100%. I think when you're starting a business, like the most important thing is you're trying to solve a need that people have, whatever the need is. You have to figure out what do people need help with and can you help them with whatever solution you're providing, whether it's a product, a service, a combination of the two. And if it's something you're passionate about and you're interested in making an impact, then go for it. That's basically how to get started. That's all you need. So the company is Synapse, and you mentioned providing a solution for people and businesses. I mean, that's one of their top problems is finding the right talent. I'm curious, did you identify a need and saw that there was already a current there that you could tap into? Or did you have an idea and a solution and then go out and find the market and match it to your product and offering? Yeah, that's a great question. I saw the best talent was going to the best companies in the tech world, the tech world that we were in. And I saw like the high-end talent, they were going to the Facebooks, the world, the Googles, the world, the Amazons, the world. And there was a large startup revolution happening where there was a lot of venture funding being poured into startups, $10 million, $20 million. But a lot of these companies were going to the ground because they couldn't acquire the talent they needed to be competitive in the market. They couldn't find the talent. They couldn't necessarily afford the talent. They were just in a position where acquiring this kind of talent on their own was more or less impossible. And then I found out basically like just through my research that a lot of companies in the recruiting space were staying away from startups because they were afraid. They were afraid of those very same reasons. They might go out of business. They might default on payment, all these kind of things. And I was like, well, actually, you know what? When other people see a problem, like that's when I see an opportunity. So I went for it. And that was the market we went after when we started Synapse. What was that opportunity? There obviously is truth to that and the fact that there's perhaps more risk, but what was the advantage that you saw in working with startups and how did you turn that into something that worked to your benefit? Yeah, definitely. Good question. At the beginning, it was really exciting to be able to build real meaningful relationships with really high-end executives and just starting to network at an early age when you're starting your own business or when you're just advancing in your career, just being able to network with you know high-end professionals. And by working directly with startups and just being a startup ourselves, I was able to network with some of the smartest leaders in the world, like from a very, very young point in my career. And I learned a lot for them. Not only did I learn a lot from them for free, technically, where most people would go to executive MBA courses, career coaching, all these kind of things. I was able to leverage those relationships and build meaningful relationships where their advice actually helped propel my career in business. And also on the flip side of that, when you work with startups, you see the direct results of the work you're doing, how it can impact the company. The talent that we helped them became profitable, helped them get acquired or go public or you know, reach certain goals and milestones. And just knowing that you had a part in that and seeing the direct results is something that gets me up every day. Yeah. 
people look at it and they go, you've got 40 plus on your team. You're crushing it now. You know, God, Ali, you made such a great decision in starting it. But was there moments where you're like, man, we didn't know if we were going to get over this big challenge that we were really stacked up against? And was there a story like that that you guys had to overcome? Well, I'll tell you, like through the whole journey, we failed at hiring. It's kind of ironic because like we're a hiring company, but we kept failing at hiring for ourselves. The main reason was, and I'll touch on this a little bit later, but the main reason we did not know how to define roles within our organization. And we were just seeking to totally replace all our functions. And we found out pretty quickly that that was not the right way to go. But our biggest, and I'll get back to that scary moment, you know, where we had to get over was COVID, was COVID, honestly, because not only were companies not hiring anymore, they were just laying off people left, right and center. So the two biggest industries that I guess got hit was commercial real estate and HR recruiting space. So for us, that was insane. Just around the time when I moved here to LA. And for me, I was like, okay, two weeks, first two weeks, I was like kind of scared. But then we were like, okay, we can either sit back and just get eaten up alive, or we can just do something about it. So we kind of stepped outside our comfort zone. At that time, we were still like a small and nimble team, but we went and found clients, for example, instead of directly being in tech, we had a client that was home security. We were working with Pfizer who was doing the vaccine. We were working with a COVID vaccine tracking that was being sold to like police and stuff like that. So we were just figuring out how to scrap by. And I'm very proud that we got through it on the other side. Well, it seems like you know where the current's going, right? Where there's some attention or where there's some energy. If we're blocked here, where is there some investment happening? And you seem to identify those opportunities instead of just throwing up your hands and going, well, geez, you know, COVID hit. What are we going to do about it? Yeah, exactly. We, we this, Honestly, we did the same thing with the different crypto booms too. There was like a few different points, 2017, 2020, where Bitcoin exploded once to over 25K and the other time to over 60K. So we work with over 50 crypto blockchain Web3 companies during those booms. And we didn't base our whole company on being a crypto exclusive recruiting company. But for that time, we put our efforts where there was opportunities. What did that look like when you said, hey, this is a hot market? Like, yeah. how, how do you attack a hot market like that? I'd imagine that there are different times where you're like, let's go all in or not all in, but let's put some chips over here. Yeah. What does that look like for you guys? Honestly, it's starting small. It's going for the base hits instead of going for the home run. You know, for us in that space, we ended up with some pretty big name clients, some of the top crypto blockchain companies, but we didn't start off with them. We started off with smaller companies, went in there, proved ourselves, gained a reputation within the industry. And then through marketing and you know referrals and word of mouth, we were able to progress through the ranks in the industry. So that was the biggest thing is just figuring out that there's a destination, but there's steps to get there and not skipping steps and just taking each step until you get to where you want to go. Mm. Wow. Ali, this is an incredible story. When we get back from break, I want to talk about one of the tactics that you had mentioned, because I think it's a big mistake a lot of businesses make. They just make mistakes in hiring and you seem to have nailed something down. And so we're going to talk about that right when we get back from break. Hey, y'all. Today's episode is brought to you by Amplify Media. And we are a podcast and a content production company, but we like to think of ourselves as genius makers or genius creators. Because if you have a passion, a purpose, a, a mission, a message, something that you want to get out to the world, but don't have the time, the tech skills, or the team to be able to do it, uh, we can help. Go to amplifymedia.com. That's A-M-P-L-A-F-Y media.com. You can also check the show notes for the link. 
And with that, let's get back to today's episode. Okay, Ali, so we talked about the story, but what I really love about you, and well, the sense that I'm getting from you is that you are a practitioner. Of course, you're talking a great talk, but I can tell that your walk is more important just from the way that you carry yourself and some of the things that you've talked about in how you got here. You mentioned it a little bit before, but in your growth and in your scaling, you and your COO had some challenges growing the team to it's now has 40 people. Yeah. What was that big challenge and how did you guys overcome that? That is an amazing question. I can talk about this for days. So like I was saying at the beginning, when you start a business, if it's just you, sole entrepreneur, you're all in. If you have partners, you divvy up the roles and it's just you and yourself. And obviously, as you want to grow, you want to become a company. You don't want to just be a business forever, a small business. If you're not involved, you still want the company to be growing on its own without you there. That's the ultimate end goal. So when we first started hiring, okay, well, the first wave of hiring, we tried interns and stuff because obviously we didn't have that much money at the time. Didn't really work out because we quickly found out we needed people a bit more senior and people with more expertise in our space. And then the mistakes we kept making in hiring for the first few years is we were trying to hire people to do way too much. We were trying to hire people to basically be us. And not everyone is built like us in, this, in a sense or else everyone would be starting their own business. So having that mindset that you can replace yourself with like one person is totally not the right way to go when you're trying to go from point zero to one or zero to one when you're growing the company. So what we started doing was documenting all the tasks that we were doing, documenting every single thing, detailed every single thing, what are we doing day to day and journaling it all, documenting everything and just having that all in place. And then from there, prioritizing what are the most important pieces to take off of our plates? What can we take off of our plates today that'll allow us to focus on more important tasks? So that's what we started hiring for first, more or less the lower level tasks, like the data entry stuff, the CRM updating, email calendar, like these mundane tasks and replacing ourselves kind of out of that stuff. Then that freed up our time to then keep documenting more and more roles in our company and then just hiring people who own those roles and then just making sure that there's a process for all roles and making sure that you still give your employees the autonomy to own their roles and to move freely while still having direction. And then from there, as we grow, all we can do is just build an amazing culture. And that's why our retention rates are so high now is because as we grow, we realize that there's so much competition out there. There's so many places to work. If we want to have the best talent on our team, we have to be a kick-ass place to work. So we spent the last year and a half, two years, just trying to create the coolest culture ever. A place where people are proud to represent, they're proud to work at, they're happy, they can't wait Monday when they're starting work. That's the kind of culture that we're trying to build. And I think by having superstars in their own roles, people who can own it and having everything documented and building an amazing culture, if you have a good service or product, that's the catalyst to growth from there. That's an amazing team. Yeah. I'm curious if it played out in your head, how it was playing out in mine in the sense that there were some stages or some levels. You're at 40 now. Yeah. I'd imagine that you didn't go zero to 40, but even if it wasn't based on how big the team was, were there some milestones or maybe it was a revenue or team size or whatever it was to make the question even a little bit harder, where maybe you had to do things differently one stage to the next. Did you experience that same thing or how was that for you? Yes, that's interesting. So first we're replacing ourselves out of tasks and then we more or less were like 
team managers at that point, and then still doing day-to-day functions, but then managing the team. That over time created friction as well, because for me personally, I realized I'm a motivator and a leader. I'm not a manager. I'm not a hard ass. I never want to play that role. So it was affecting my relationship with people on the team. So I was like, okay, now, I guess it was like when we were around 15 people or so, it was like, okay, now it's time to create some kind of hierarchy within the company. And that was a critical phase for us because then we promoted someone in our company to VP. So that was like the first layer that we created. And it's not to say that I don't want to have amazing relationships with everyone on the team. That was the whole point. The whole point was that so the team managers can deal with the employees and I can motivate and lead them to where we want to go and have them on my side. So creating the hierarchy, promoting leaders from within, that's like our big MO. We're not trying to hire someone with 30 years leadership experience, try to run their show. We want people to grow from within and lead their teams. For me, like now, we have a Synapse leadership meeting like once a week where we meet with the leaders on the team and stuff like that. It's just amazing that there's so much trust with them that like I can tell them and they can tell me and we can communicate transparently back and forth. And I know it's taken care of. And my relationship stays strong with everyone on the team. And that's so critical as we want to grow to have good relationships and stuff. So now that you've built this hierarchy, you've built some leadership and it's freed you up. Now you're not working in the business. You're not even working perhaps on the business. I've heard one of my mentors, Roland Frazier, talked about working above the business. Yeah. Now, where does your vision start to play or like what are things are you're paying attention to as you've reached this kind of next stage? That's such an awesome question, dude. November of last year, I was managing one of our large accounts at our company. It was our largest account because I was the CEO. We're still a small company. I was managing our largest account for like a couple of years, maintaining that relationship. Finally, I passed that on to someone else, a senior member on our team. And I was from that point, no longer involved in anything day to day. To me, that was my biggest accomplishment at our company. To fully be able to step away and see that your company can run on its own 100% without you having to be involved at all. When I woke up that day and having that feeling, it was amazing. So then just pro athletes and stuff, like when they retire, they don't know what to do. There's a lull period they go through and some of them find their lane. They become really good at analysts or like entrepreneurs, business people. Some never find their way. So I went through that lull period. Now... All I'm focused on is marketing, branding. I want Synapse to be synonymous with excellence in hiring, excellence in talent. I really want to grow that brand to become like a global iconic brand and go all in on company marketing, personal marketing, personal branding, just build that brand recognition. And then my second goal right now is that I'm trying to, I'm trying to make us a technology proof company. So right now I'm raising funding for an AI hiring product that we're building. So this is completely like out of the scope of our day-to-day. And I'm just building and planning for us five years down the road by now. That's what I'm doing. I'm building and planning for that. That's the journey I'm on. It's beautiful, man. So much of an entrepreneur is focusing on what's in front of them on the day-to-day. And now you're able to kind of look up and your horizon keeps getting higher and higher and higher. And now you've got one that can hopefully take you into the future. So that's exciting. Where can people go to find out about Synapse now? Or where can they go and get connected with you if they want to follow up and go deeper into your well? Yeah, definitely. So our website is synapse, S-Y-N-A-P-S-E-I-N-T.com. Definitely go there. Also our LinkedIn page, it's just synapse. You can follow us there. And then feel free to connect with me or follow me on LinkedIn, Ali Tagahani. If you just type Ali Tag 
ALI space TAG, it should show up and you should see it. So those are the three places. And hey, by the way, great questions, man. Thank you. That's good branding right there, man. You might be onto something. My last question for you, and you've hovered around it, but I'd love for you to recap and encapsulate it is, in your opinion, what's the secret to scaling a business? The secret is to stay committed to your end goal and not skip any steps when you're trying to get there. And from a very high level, that's how every business should evolve. And for us, there was a lot of baby steps to get there and a lot of, you know, take two steps forward, one step back, sometimes two steps forward, three steps back, but we didn't skip any steps. And that was so critical for us to get to where we are today. And I hope it'll be the same path, if not even greater in the years to come. Mm. Yeah. Such a great story. I want to thank all of you listeners for sticking with us today. Go get connected with Synapse and Ali. We connected on LinkedIn. Ali tag. I like that. And I would love for you to share this with someone else who is building a business or thinking about growing a business and have them join the tribe as well. We appreciate it as always. We'll see you on the next one. Later, y'all.